Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Thank you for listening to this Podcast One production. Available on Apple Podcasts and Podcast One. Does anybody want breakfast? Guys, let's go. I'm leaving for McDonald's in five seconds. Why didn't you start with that? The Breakfast Stampede Meal. It's only at McDonald's, where there's a meal for every morning. And nothing says morning like a classic sausage McMuffin with egg. Right now, get this all-time favorite for just two bucks on the one, two, three dollar menu. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. With Metro and the best deal in wireless, whatever your goal, however you hustle, you can rule your day. Get two lines with 5G access included for just $35 a month per line, period. With taxes and regulatory fees always included, so you know exactly how much you pay every month. All on America's largest 5G network at no extra charge. Plus, at Metro, get the latest 5G phones, like a Samsung Galaxy for less than 100 bucks when you switch. That's the best deal in wireless, so you can take control of your day wherever it takes you. Metro by T-Mobile, empowering you to rule your day. Requires auto pay. First month is $40 per line for two lines. Samsung A51 requires port from eligible carrier and ID validation limited to two per account. Coverage not available in some areas. See Metro by T-Mobile.com or store for details. Hello, everyone. Welcome back for another exclusive Collider interview. I'm very excited about this one because this is the first time I'm talking to Charles Hood since what year was it at uh, South by Southwest? I think it was 2015. 2015. Yeah. It feels like it was longer ago than that. I hope not. <laughs> for, for the movie Night Owls, which I still love. You know, one of my favorite things about that movie, too, is the poster. It's oh, just yeah. like it's such a perfectly designed 
poster that I'll never forget the look of. Yeah, Jay Shaw did that for That's, us. He's at Mondo, and he's an amazing of artist. And uh, of yeah, I guess I've heard he doesn't really do posters anymore, and huh. now he's in the board games division. But he did an incredible job oh, with that poster. I tracked him down because I had seen other posters that he'd done. He has this very unique style, which is you know you see oh, yeah. in the Night Owls poster. And I, uh, through a friend, he had designed a poster of, of their documentary, and I was like, how, you know, how can I get in touch with this guy? He gave me his email address, and I had to email him and convince him and was like – he's like, I don't usually take solicitations or whatever. He's like, I'll watch your movie and see. And then not, to me, I, <laughs> not to make this about him, but what does he do in board games now? I think they. I think Mondo designs board games of huh. like of like popular franchises and stuff to make fun. It's you like a shouldn't whole have told me that because I <laughs> already have a problem with their with their posters and their tiki mugs. Like yeah. I need to be buying mo- more Mondo stuff. Well, and my and uh, you know Drew Taylor, yeah, my, yeah. my buddy. He and I have a Mission Impossible podcast, and we've been talking about maybe going to them to be like, you should do a Mission Whenever Impossible board game. Whenever he talks about that, I didn't know it was you that he did that <laughs> yeah, with. That's yeah. so funny. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. A we, fun we, way I, to connect I, the dots. Well, I've been meaning to email Jay Shaw just to say, like, hey, I hear you're doing board games now. Would you be interested in doing a Mission Impossible one? Because we would be promoting the hell out of that. Um, yeah, so it's, it's – yeah, sorry, a lot just, – just sort of saying a lot of things all at once here. Yeah, I love um, that. But, um. uh, but, yeah, the poster – you know, and then I he called me afterwards when he saw the movie and was like, I, I love it. It's great. I was, I was thrilled. I couldn't believe he wanted to do the poster. It was great. So, just so people know up top, you're here specifically talking about a nasty piece of work, which everyone can watch right now on Hulu. It is one of the most recent uh, entries into the Into the Dark series. But I do want to ask you a little bit about what happened immediately after Night Owls because because as you well know, that was one of the movies at that year at Sundance that made the biggest impression on me. So I'm just curious what it was like going there with your first feature and what the response was like and what kind of doors it opened for you. Well, it was great. I I mean, it was unreal. I mean, it was like that was exactly what where we thought the movie fit was at South by Southwest to go there. Like it, it was a dream come true. And then we, you know, premiered, I think, the opening night, I think, was it? Or, it was or, very or the I remember being night, very maybe. early in the festival. And it was, at, it was at one of the bigger venues and it was really cool. And they screened it, I think, four times. They ended up adding a screening because it was like a buzz screening oh, yeah. or whatever, which was really cool. And we ended up getting distribution out of that, which was obviously the ultimate goal. And so it, um, from from MGM uh, through their Orion label, they uh, released the movie. So if you see the movie now, you see it on mm-hmm. it's on Amazon Prime now, but it was on Netflix for a couple of years first. Uh, when you, if you saw the movie now, it has you know the, the Orion logo from so many of our famous f- some of my favorite movies growing up. You know RoboCop and that all this, must you know, be like, one of know, the like, most exciting yeah. things about all of this. It's so cool to see the stars line up oh, and yeah. go and do an O, and it's just it was thrilling. So yeah, I mean all of that came you know snowballed out of out of going to South by Southwest. That's and, so cool. Um, yeah, we played at a bunch of more festivals that year, and then it came out in December. All in 2015, it all happened. And then, uh, yeah, it played in 10 theaters and, uh, you know, 10 cities, uh, really small venues, but it mm-hmm. was really cool to have it play in theaters, and I really wanted to soak it up at the time because I was like, I don't know if this will ever happen again because yeah. you could see where things were going. I had a lot um, of faith, but I do understand that mentality. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, I was – we played at the Los Feliz 3 here in L.A., and, I, and so I, was, I would go over there and, and just like – eat pie across the street when I was up on the marquee and I was like, oh, this is cool. And, um, yeah. So it was, it was a really, it was an amazing thrill ride. And then, and then the movie came out and it was on Netflix for a while and did really well on Netflix, which was, which was great. It came out at the same time as like Stranger Things and it was like, you know, it was just doing a, a great, it just, it was like, there were like charts at the time 
that it had it really high up there. It was just below Stranger Things for the first couple weeks, wow. which was really cool. Um, but yeah, it led to more work that I got from my management company, Haven Entertainment. They they produced the, these shows for Complex Networks that played. Uh, it was part of Go Ninety. Very Go very 90. well aware of Complex and Go Ninety in this office. Oh, you are. We, okay. we worked on a show for Go Ninety for for a good while. Oh, really? Yeah. What was that? <laughs> I've never heard someone else name drop Go Ninety. <laughs> it was called Awesome Tacular with Jeremy Johns, and it okay. was it was basically uh, you know a show about you know movies and televisions, and it had a movie games element to it and a comic book shopping element. It was a lot of fun oh, that's to work cool. on. Yeah. Yeah, it was. It, you know, it's it's unfortunate that Go Ninety didn't. They didn't advertise the app at all. Nobody even knew about it. It was free for everyone. Yeah, I, I was had, curious was what really, was going on with that. Yeah, it was really well designed and and it didn't really have ads. It was a really great. So situation. is that in the vault? Is yes, that I did, I did, that's I did the two Go Ninety pilots. one? I did uh, in the vault, um, which was my my good friend Ben Epstein created the show, and it's a really really awesome uh, mystery show. That is, is there a place that we can? So can we watch it somewhere else now that Go Ninety is? It's is trying gone? to find a home. Okay. The okay. other show, Play by Play, I hear is going to Roku Channel. Oh, so Play by Play you made, but did it ever? Because didn't it shut Go Ninety so shut both, down? Both shows in the vault and Play by Play. First season went on to go ninety. Okay, and they both seemingly did ah. well. They did well enough to get renewed in the vault. We shot a second season that never got released, and then play by play oh we God. shot a second and third season that never got released. Because I'm looking at the dates on play by play, and it says 2017 to 2019, and I'm like, I thought go ninety didn't exist in 2019. Yeah, I mean, we finished it. I think we finished shooting in huh. 2017. That one. Oh wow! And we finished shooting in the vault last, I think, 2018 spring. But they never got shown anywhere, which is really unfortunate because so many people put a lot of effort and work into it. And it's really – they're great shows. That's, and I'm, so that's crazy. I, for last I, I heard, can't though, imagine going through that. Yeah, it's, it's frustrating. But, you know, I have a hope because the shows are good enough. I think they will find a home, I hope. Uh, from what I've heard, Roku Channel is going to have play-by-play. Okay. Um, so – and I don't know what the – what what's in store for In the Vault, but I hope huh. that that'll go somewhere too. In the Vault, like, it's a cool like murder mystery set in a college dorm, um, like freshman year. All these people are coming to college and they all have their identities that they've sort of putting forward to everybody that you can sort of start over. And mm-hmm. so it's, it's like, who oh, are these people really who they're putting forward? And one of their uh, dorm mates uh, dies mysteriously. Huh. And then it's like, d- did one of them kill so, this person. So it's a, it's a horror-tinged show. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, okay. It was sort of my first step into a little bit more of a thriller thing because I've been mostly been doing comedy yeah. before. So I was it helped really, me transition into this. I was really surprised when you were attached to an Into the Dark, uh, right. not, not even episode, they're all feature films, <laughs> uh, an Into the Dark film because the last I had heard from you was, was Night Owls, which was not in line with that whatsoever. No, no. But I mean, I, I think Night Owls is like, it's a dark comedy. It's I mean, definitely you know, dark. Within the first five minutes, one of the main characters tries to kill herself. So, you know, it's like it's heavy and, and, and it's it's funny. And I think this episode, I don't know if you got a chance to watch Nasty Piece of Work, but it's it's a, also a very dark comedy. Yeah, you know? it, it does feel a little in line with that. Once I watched <laughs> it, I was able to connect the dots. But even before you signed on for Into the Dark, were you just a big horror fan in general? Yeah, I mean, I, I, yeah, I mean, really everything 
I'm a, I love all genres, but I think for me, comedy and, and the spectrum between comedy and horror mm-hmm. and everything in between is all my favorite stuff. It's not a good. It's not like a very easy thing to find that perfect balance between uh, horror and comedy. Yeah, I feel like when you see a movie that does strike that balance just right, it's yeah. you know it, you don't see that very often. I feel like one of the best things that I've seen all year in that respect is probably Ready or Not. It's just yeah. like like a fun. Like a fun, wild, intense ride with like a hint of humor to it, right? And it yeah. works so well. Yeah, I mean, some of my favorite movies. I mean, I, I love. Uh, you know, I mean, uh, The Shining is one of my top ten oh, favorite yeah. movies, and The Thing, which maybe doesn't have as much comedy, but there is some comedy in it. Is that um, where you were watching a lot when you were young? Horror. Um, you know, my parents didn't let me watch horror when I was little, but I had a, I had a couple of neighbors who they had all the horror movies and I would stay over there and I would get really scared and I wouldn't be able to stay the whole night because I wouldn't be able to sleep because I was so scared. What, what scares you? Because like there's so, something different for everyone. Is it paranormal? Is it slasher? Um, I don't, you know, when I was a kid, Jaws really scared okay. the crap out of me. I was so scared. I, I was scared of swimming pools. Because I was afraid of sharks so badly, like as a, which is completely nonsense. <laughs> but I was afraid that there would be a shark in the swimming pool. Like I was so scared because of Jaws, um, and I think I had caught a glimpse of Jaws. Like at it was some. I remember I was so young, and it was like uh, a party at at some family event we were going to, and it was just on the TV in the kitchen. And I was just watching it on the TV in the kitchen. And it was probably edited for television or something too. But it was still so disturbing to me that um, that I was – oh yeah, sharks were the scariest thing to me. Even just the opening scene of Jaws, you don't see anything. But there's something so vicious about oh, it. The yeah. first time I had ever watched it, I think that was the thing that kind of freaked me out the most. Well, just the gurgling sound that she makes as yeah. she's sort of being pulled into the water. And she's like, oh, oh like trying to scream. But her – you know, mouths full it's always of those little details that yeah. really stick in your mind that you remember. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, I, yeah, I've I've always loved every. I mean, yeah, and every Halloween I've spent all oh, of October yeah. watching horror movies. You know, everything That's what you're from, supposed to do. Yeah. Do you have a favorite horror movie of this year? Um, that's a good question. Um, Clearly, I'm in list making mode right now. So that's all I've been thinking about lately. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what what. Um, can you can you name me some horror movies? Uh, so was... some of my personal favorites are Us. That's up there. Yeah, okay. Crawl. Crawl. Oh, is Crawl. So, Crawl is so good. Yeah, that's one of my favorite movies of the year. Crawl. I can't believe yes. how well that movie was done. Yes. No, I, I love that movie. I actually am a big fan of of Aha's mm-hmm. uh, the which I think I don't know why people didn't get it, but per, the Piranha movie he made. I thought it was so funny. I liked and, the first Piranha. I, I thought I'm a was... little scarred by uh, Piranha Three Double D, though. <laughs> Have you seen that one? I didn't see that one. That no. one's yeah. But not I thought the best. That, I thought Aha had such a command of the tone. Yeah. of Piranha Three D, the one that came out in 2011. I mean, that's that's a good that example was... of something that hits the horror comedy balance. Yeah, yeah, and I think I don't know if people just didn't. Get it or, or admittedly, or, I would say the first time around, I was very put off by it, and it's one of those things where every single time I watch it, I find myself I don't know quoting it and loving yeah. it even more. Oh, yeah. I just I mean not that it's horror comedy, but I had a similar thing with Step Brothers, where the first time it came yeah. out, I'm like, oh, this is this is just stupid. I don't like it. And then before I knew it, I was watching it over and over and over and repeating all the lines. It's exactly it's one of my favorite movies, Step Brothers. <laughs> and the first time I saw it, there was like there were a couple of jokes that just stuck with me. But other than that, I was like, I'm not really 
really sure what I think of this movie because is it even a movie? Yeah. Like it's so it's, weird. It's a weird thing when comedies grow on you like yeah. that. And I mean I guess that's yeah. that's part of the sign of when something is going to go on to become a classic when it, it just continues to grow on yeah. you with every viewing. They just get better and better. That and process just, fascinates me. Yeah. You know what other process fascinates me? Into the dark. So <laughs> it has been described to me by many people as basically this speeding train that you just have to jump on when the opportunity comes your way. Is that the same thing that happened to you? Yeah. Yeah, I think we had maybe two and a half weeks of prep, maybe. I think I signed on in early July. We were shooting, I think, by July 20-something, I think. is. I mean, it was like it was and, – and, and part of the prep was – was affected by the holiday, the July Fourth holiday. Huh. So, like you know, we like missed out on half a week of prep because of that. So it was, it was insane. So I when mean, you say you signed on, what happened at that point? Did you go to them with a with a finished script? No, no. So they had a script already. It was a oh, great okay, script okay. written by Paul Soder, who is uh, one of the the Broken Lizard guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, and uh, it, it's very Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. Um, it's like an even darker version of Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. And when, as soon as I read it, I was like, this is awesome. And, um, I, yeah, I mean, I went to go in an interview for it. And I think I, I think Paul was maybe originally going to direct it, but he mm-hmm. had other uh, obligations for other other uh, TV show that he's on right now. And so I was just lucky enough to be able to, to hop onto this. And, you know, we had to, you know, develop the script as much as we could in the two weeks. That it, was, it didn't really need much. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just, you know, some notes that came from Blumhouse and some notes that came from me, but really not much. It was in great shape. That is absolutely um, wild how quickly you have to jump into something like that. But one of my favorite things that I keep hearing about, too, is just, you know, it, it's pairing creators that I really admire. The two of you and uh, just with uh, Erlinger and Carter. It's just, it's very exciting right. seeing two people that are really good with the genre come together. And I feel like yeah. Into the Dark is doing that it's creating a community i mean I, i'm yeah it, it amazes me what they're able to do to make 12 movies a year period yeah it's difficult um to be able to do it at the the quality that they're doing and i think that, that they're just getting better and better too if you, uh, you had know. the choice though what holiday would you have picked like are you excited <laughs> that you got christmas yeah okay. i'm so <laughs> excited i love christmas movies it's the same thing you know i spend all of october watching halloween movies yeah, uh, yeah horror movies and, and then at christmas time my wife and i have the christmas movies that we watch every year and they're always kind of anti-christmas movies you know we watch bad santa we watch oh, yeah. the ref um and the, the ref is, I guess, is a movie that nobody ever talks about which is incredible i have not heard um, anyone name drop that <laughs> yeah you should watch it it's great it was a big influence on night owls actually i mean it's it's a it's a great uh comedy that ted demi directed. that might have been the last time i heard someone name drop that is when i interviewed you for night owls <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, I, to be able to do a Christmas movie and to do kind of an you know like a, a dark Christmas movie is just such a thrill. And do I you know that. what it was that inspired him to craft that particular story with that setup there? Well, I think uh, I don't know hmm. if he would say this in interviews or not, but I think he had he did have a specific uh, family that uh, or huh. par- portion of a family that he was he was basing it on someone who he had met before I don't want to say it in case oh my <laughs> he doesn't want that me to is going to completely change when I rewatch that movie with that in mind <laughs> that's <laughs> he, he very does, interesting he, he, uh, I don't want to say it in case he doesn't yeah, want yeah. it out there but uh, yeah he he knows huh. he knows some people that he said this is totally what they're like that, that this is like he witnessed this at, a, at, at that they. Uh, that this is how they they feel about wealth and how they you know very specific. I mean, he he was very specific about things that he 
um, felt like, you know, like there shouldn't be any. We had one scene with colored Christmas lights and he was like, there should never be any colored Christmas lights. That's not like because this level of like uh, upper class, like they're like Christmas lights are white or yellow. There's there's no red or blue oh, or anything like that. Wow. Um, <laughs> that's a- so, I mean, that's he, absolutely fascinating. So he, he knew it firthand. Yeah. Huh. That is, I, that's absolutely wild. And now I keep going back to certain bits in it, and I, I find it very curious. <laughs> I mean, I think none of the what actually happens in the movie is based on yeah. anything. I would, that, I would it, imagine it that, that was that dark, but it's just I would imagine the that idea was the of case. people who are that wealthy and bored. Yeah, and, yeah, and, you know. Yeah, uh, I feel like uh, <laughs> I've actually seen quite a few movies recently that kind of tap into that a little bit. <laughs> yeah, it's sort of it's interesting. A couple of the critics were responding to that. I think it's a, a cool thing that's kind of been going on movies this year that have been kind of t- Parasite. I think sort of did yeah. that too, which is mean, a great movie. Parasite, but, uh, Ready or Not, mm-hmm. Knives Out, yeah, a little out, yeah. yeah. So it's. <laughs> An interesting trend that's happening. Right I feel now. like we should do a, a quadruple feature of all four yeah. of them. You should just watch them back to back to back. Hey, I mean, if we're mentioned in the same breath as those movies, that's uh, that's an honor. That's nice to hear. I was curious to hear a little bit about what it's like working with some of the folks who have worked on most of the Into the Darks, because I know they keep some of the crew members on. So. Do you find that you're kind of playing catch up with their process or are they adjusting to your directing style? Well, so. Our episode was actually a unique one in that they were shooting two at once. They were didn't normally oh, have wow. to do that, but there was a scheduling hiccup or something that happened where suddenly they had to do two episodes at once. And so because of that, we didn't have the normal crew. So we had an all-new huh. crew. So it was uh, it was a whole new uh, bag. So what, what was it like <laughs> I, for everybody? Because um, it, it was it was crazy. I mean, that, you know, it was it was a. a, a I mean, it's a speeding train, like you said. I mean, it's just – and people who weren't as used to the process had to learn very quickly how it went, you know. Hmm. And, and, you know, um, uh, yeah, it's just it's – a, it's a, a freight train. And what's it like right at the very beginning? Because uh, Erlinger and Carter had told me that they were allowed to, you know, run with what they wanted to. Are there any suggestions as far as, you know, adhering to like a little bit of a house style or something to make, you know, each episode of Into the Dark feels different, but to make it all feel like it exists in the same world in a way? There really wasn't. I mean, they were they were really awesome about um you know, being really supportive of, of whatever the director wanted to do. So, you know, I, I like, I mean, it was amazing. I mean, and, I mean, and they hired all the department heads. I mean, so, the, you know, in that way that they are, they are in control in that mm-hmm. way, sort of, of, of the look in a way, like there's a limit to that, I guess. Yeah. But, but, you know, I came in and, and had ideas and I like to work with different people. So it was great to sit down with, with Ashley, our production designer, you know, and and James, our DP, and 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 Megan, our costume designer, and just and just you know, I mean, we had to hit the ground running. You know, they they came with their ideas, and then I would just very quickly say, hey, let's go in this direction or that direction. But you know, this is all not looking great. You know, and um, yeah, I mean, it was a crazy process. But they didn't. I mean, I think the only thing that, and I was happy. I think I was actually up for an episode in the first season. This is oh. now the second season, yeah, technically, yeah. and. Uh, at that time, I think they were not shooting as wide of an aspect ratio, hmm. and now they switched it somewhere along the way, and now they're doing a wider one. So I was actually happy. That's oh, the one restriction that they had was that they are shooting, you know, Do you two, three, know five. Why they did that? I'm, I don't I'm know. very, I'm fascinated, especially with more movies landing on Netflix now. I'm just very fascinated by the idea of shooting for a different medium because I know Netflix has certain rules as well. Yeah, Netflix likes to shoot two to one. 
And that's what they were shooting for Into the Dark at the mm-hmm. beginning. I don't know what Hulu does. Like, what, what do you know? Handmaid's Tale? Are they two to one? I have absolutely no clue. But now um, I'm going to look that up. Well, it's funny because two to one wasn't really that popular of, a, of an aspect ratio yeah. until Fincher brought it back for House of Cards, and then it became kind of a standard for Netflix because mm. the real the main ones are either one eight five or two three five. Yeah. So like one eight five is like just wider than the widescreen TVs, and then two three five is like solid black bars in the bottom and top. I remember I was even talking to the filmmaker behind uh, Always Be My Maybe, and she was telling me a lot about just the the specifics as far as end credits go on oh, okay. Netflix. Like it has to be done a certain way, and she had to get the okay in order to have like a little bit of end credit footage play with her movie. Really? Yeah, it's it's just That's interesting. Interesting hearing about the rules and restrictions from place to place, especially now that we're in a space where, you know, that's that's on the rise more so than ever. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's a, but that was I mean that was the only like quote unquote restriction, but I was thrilled that they were going to go wider with it now for this season. So, huh. you know, 235 was that was the only everything outside of that. I was able actually I'd never been able to shoot anamorphic before, like anamorphic lenses. Oh, God. So, <laughs> I was able to do that for the first time. And it was like, you know, it was a little bit more expensive. Oh, my God, yeah. They They give me anxiety for that reason. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I know. And there's just not as much – it's not as much of a safety net when you're shooting anamorphic. You know, Um, it's the focus is is, Mm -hmm. is touchier and and you can't in post adjust the frame up and down if you need to. So, you know, if you want to adjust the frame, you've got to blow up the image a yeah. little bit. So it's – it's uh, I don't know if that's boring technical stuff. Oh, but that... but, I, but I, I was – Technical stuff and stresses that I can relate to all too well. <laughs> yeah. So I, I – it was – but it, that was a thrill. So, I mean, it was amazing. I mean, it's it's such a fast thing, but, it, like, they give you a lot of creative freedom. And, that's the most and... exciting thing about it to me. I mean, and you have all these filmmakers who are kind of on the rise and making names for themselves. And you have a company like Blumhouse and Hulu that are letting people have creative freedom to, to make the – thing that they want you don't really get that very many places no no yeah it's it's pretty exciting it's cool and i yeah and i i you know other than the go 90 shows which are not even able to be seen right now so it was like i was so grateful i'm gonna to keep it. checking in with you on that too i really <laughs> yeah. want to see it well, now I can, I can send you i have private links okay yes please sorry guys but um uh I, I was just thrilled to have the opportunity to, to do something you know it's 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 hard out there to get stuff made so yeah you know, it, it's it was just amazing to get on this crazy train and 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 make a movie you know? it really it really really is we have to wind down now so uh i feel like like you have to come back and visit us again when you have yet another thing out there oh, because yeah. i know you're going to keep keep making some wonderful things but just because it is the holidays right now and you did make holiday horror what is it and you could this is like the broadest question ever there's a million and one answers to it but what do you think it is about holidays and horror that go hand in hand oh wow Oh, wow. That's a good question. What is it about holidays and horror? There, um, there's a lot of ways you can take that. I, <laughs> I know what my answer is. You mean particularly Christmas holidays? Or, just mean holidays, or holidays in general. In general. I mean, I, I, for one, one of my favorite qualities in any horror movie is when it takes something that's that's a very normal thing for me and kind of turns, it's on a, turns it on its head. Right. So anything that takes the comfort of Christmas or New Year's or whatever yeah. and puts a, puts a scary tinge to it. I don't, I don't know. It just makes me rethink how I go about that particular holiday myself yeah I think um, I mean it's sort of maybe the same rule for comedy too but I feel like you take anything that's sort of sacred or taken seriously Mm -hmm. and then you kind of mess with it I think that's always fun you know 
And, and, and also, that, that goes for comedy and for horror. I when think. you take something happy and joyful like Christmas, <laughs> exactly, yeah, and you turn it on its head that way, yeah. <laughs> this, this is why. This is why. Um, this is so random. But uh, Erlinger is always telling me about all the the legends they have in Iceland, and you know, it's like like we pre- the whole world has Santa Claus, but we predominantly have Santa Claus, and they have Grilla. And oh yeah, like why don't we have that kind of stuff in the states? Right. I'm jealous. <laughs> I'm jealous. I love that. <laughs> Thank you so much for your time. Thank today, you. Charles. Thank you for having Guys, me. Guys, and... check out a naughty piece of work on Hulu, and also Na- where... nasty, nasty. Na- piece of work. N- where where did I just get naughty from? <laughs> <laughs> well, it's Christmas. I, I'm making a sequel to your movie. <laughs> uh, that's probably not going on Hulu. Uh, can you tell everybody where to find you on uh, social media, or if you have a website, or anywhere else that people can keep up with uh, what you're doing? Yeah, I'm uh, at Charles Hood, but the O's are zeros. So at C-H-A-R-L-E-S-H-0-0-D on Instagram and Twitter. And uh, yeah, I've got the that Light the Fuse podcast, which is a Mission Impossible podcast. It's just at Light the Fuse pod. I've got that with Drew Taylor. I still can't believe how many times Drew has told me to listen and I, I <laughs> have failed to actually do so. It's and great. I can't believe it's we, you that's on it with him. Yeah, we, we've interviewed like five Oscar winners. That's I mean, we've crazy. We've interviewed Brad Bird and Christopher McQuarrie what and Robert What a cool Ellswood. series of films to dig into also. Yeah, well, legendary editor Paul Hirsch. We just had back on the show a second time. He that's edited wild. the original Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back. So it's it's a really fun show. If you're, if you like, if you're into filmmaking at all, it's not just for Mission Impossible fans. It's just it's a, more like a filmmaking podcast yeah. through the lens of Mission Impossible. I, I will always take one of those. Thank you again for your time yes, today. You so Check much. it out, guys, on Hulu. We will see you soon with more exclusive Collider interviews. Stay little chico pitbull, Mr. 305, better said Mr. Worldwide. And I'm here to tell you about my new podcast, From Negative to Positive, brought to you by my friends over at State Farm. I believe that to have success, you got to play the game so that the game doesn't play you. You know, the biggest risk you take is not taking one. It's very important that you make sure that you make the most out of your money, especially when it comes to insurance. State Farm offers surprisingly great rates. They have great agents standing by helping you personalize your coverage. All this is backed up by award-winning, easy-to-use technology. It's a great price with an even greater service. When you want the real deal, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. We begin today's meditation with a few sipping exercises to remind us a little treat can go a long way. So pick up your McCafe iced coffees, close your eyes, and deep sip in. And deep satisfaction out. <sighs> Take a treat retreat at McDonald's. Right now, get a McCafe iced coffee in any size and any flavor for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.